0: I was actually in real estate back in uh, 2003. I was door knocking in Phoenix, Arizona, selling pest control. And some dude like just drove up he was like, hey, man, if you're door knocking, why don't you just door knock for us? And I'm like, what are you selling?
1: <laughs> it's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason.
2: Welcome to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am DJ Scruggs, along with my partner, Adam Adams. Hello, everybody. Hey Adam. So today we're um, we're going to be talking, as always, about creative real estate, and we have a great guest on who's done quite a bit of it. And his name is Ryan Nickel. Hello, Ryan.
0: Hello. Thanks for having me,
2: Ryan. So before we jump in, you mentioned uh, when we were talking earlier that you've done some creative deals, but can you tell us a little bit about how you uh, how did you get into real estate in the first place? How long have you been doing it? Just give just give us the backstory there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I was actually in real estate back in, uh, 2003, I was door knocking in Phoenix, Arizona, selling pest control. And some dude like just drove up he was like, Hey man, if you're, if you're door knocking, why don't you just door knock for us? And I'm like, what are you selling? <laughs> and he's like, we're selling uh, mortgages. I was like, what the heck mortgages? So this guy literally was going door knocking door to door. And he's like, I'll pay you a hundred bucks an application. Wow. And I'm like, Oh, this is a scam. So I, I, I built, <laughs> I didn't do anything at that time, but shortly after that, um, I had a dream, like literally I had a dream to contact an old buddy of mine. And when I did that, I, I found him like, he literally was like, he lived about a mile from where I was living and he worked a block from my house. I'm like, this is, this is too bizarre. (laughs) He happened to be in the mortgage industry. So that's when I got into real estate was about that time. Um, And so that was 2003, right after the refi boom. Right bought my first house. We moved into it. It was a kind of an equity deal. We we're going to move into it, fix it, flip it. Did that, did very well. And I decided, well, shoot, forget this door knocking for pest control. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a real estate. Uh, at that time I was going to be a mortgage broker. Okay. And, but I, you know, long story short, I take me to 2008, lost my house, lost them. Uh, my, my wife left me all this stuff so i was i like crap you know what this sucks i'm not going to be in real estate and then i kept one one property actually i take that back and then in 2010 my wife and i my new wife we ended up <laughs> losing our house oh no and i was like it was a day after christmas i mean we were so poor that she was going down to the stationery store to, to cut out a, a green christmas tree kind of silhouette to put against the wall for our kids so that they had some kind of semblance of christmas jeez and at that point i'm like dude i am never going to get in real estate ever again it's it hurts too much just too much pain it's just it's not, it's not for me kind of thing. And um, in 2014, I lost my job from what I was doing. I was, I was an online marketer and I lost my job. And my wife, she, she kind of sat down at the table and she's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, honey, I really don't know. She's like, well, you always talk about, you know, you wanted to, to retire at 40 and have just enough cash flow that you didn't have to, cause you had all these rental properties. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what happened then? You know, mm-hmm. we lost our house. I don't want to do that again. It hurts too much. And I had a buddy that saw was kind of following me online. He goes, and he reached out to me. He's like, Ryan, I, I know this is a hard, hard time for you, but if you're willing to, uh, to leave your wife and kids and, and drive cross country, because I lived in South Lake Tahoe at the time. He's like, if you're willing to drive cross country and, uh, and stay with me here in Savannah, Georgia, I'll put you up. Now put, put me up, man. I could sleep on his floor and I sleep with a sleeping bag in the back of his office. That's what that meant. Jeez. And I'm like, crap, I got nothing else at this point. I mean, my wife, we were, we're expecting our fourth kid and we have a house payment. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I packed up my Nissan Sentra and drove cross country. And that's how I got into real estate again. So I had someone kind of just reach out to me when I was my lowest of my low and say, Hey, you know what? Real estate's the way to go. Let me help you. And so I took that leap of faith, went out there. And in three weeks from getting out there, I got out there right before Thanksgiving. And on December 19th, I got my first check for $20,000 and it was a creative deal creative uh, financing. Oh, what year was God. that again? 2014.
2: Okay. So just about three years ago.
0: Yep. Almost exactly. After, after that, I was like, whew, I'm sold. I'm never going back. I mean, it, okay. talk about going from complete, just, I mean, we were on food stamps. I was just like, I have not, I got to support my family somehow. I don't know how to do it. And so I just, you know, I, I sucked it up and went down to unemployment office and, and, and made sure that my kids had food on the table And then just drove cross-country. And so after that, I called my wife. I'm like, honey, pack your bags. We're moving to Georgia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you in Georgia now?
0: No, not anymore. We're back in California. Uh, Unfortunately, my father-in-law has taken ill. It was probably his last Christmas with us. So we're out here with him.
2: Okay. Gotcha. But, but so the first deal you did though, that made you all this money, that was a creative deal.
0: It was a creative deal. And I've done, that's all I've done. I've done a few wholesales here and there, but uh, it's all my whole entire portfolio right now is all creative deals. I've taken over subject to and turned around and sold them contract for deed or lease options.
2: So tell us about that first one. What do you remember about it?
0: So I didn't know anybody in that area, so obviously I just moved out there and <laughs> living in the back of this guy's, you know, his his, um, his office space and eating, you know, microwavable bur- burritos and, and washing mm. my my clothes at the laundromat. So had no connection, So I, I <laughs> the audacity—I still laugh at myself for this. I put an ad on um, on Craigslist, and it just said, "Real estate investor seeks apprentice." like the, just the audacity of, I didn't know anything about, about this. And I had this kid, he called up like, Hey man, my, um, my aunt's having trouble with her landlord. He's going through a bankruptcy and he has about 11 properties looking to offload. And that first deal was one of those deals I ended up doing I think four other deals with this particular landlord.
2: So, so what exactly did you do? Did you just, um, did you buy it on a lease option or, or what did you do?
0: Yeah. So I, I, I put an option on the property, to, to do uh, seller financing with him, to have him basically transfer the deed, do a subject to purchase.
2: Okay. And so did you put any cash to, into no, that?
0: No, no cash whatsoever. He was losing it. So he was just like, I can't afford this house anymore. And um, at the same time, I, once I put the option in, I started to advertise that particular contract. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I advertised a contract. I, I didn't, I was, I was so ignorant at the time, even though I had a mentor out there, he was kind of guiding me on, on, on the what's not so much the how's. Mm-hmm. he has his own business that he was running as well but um so i think i, I you know kind of probably broke a few laws out there <laughs> by advertising the property and not the contract but i, I advertised the, the property i showed it to a lady who had just moved down from new york this is in uh, south carolina she moved down and she's like hey i just want a lawsuit i have some money i'm looking for this house i can put about twenty thousand dollars down and okay. i was only looking for about seventy five hundred.
2: great did and you take the whole 20 of course i did <laughs> there you go. You're like, that's the perfect amount. That's exactly what I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, I was like, you
0: know, I'm not sure. I got to go back and talk to my, my partner on this one. It <laughs> might not quite work. <laughs> so, um, in fact, no, I, I take that back. She put down 15 and then the extra five was she wanted to prepay um, five months of, of rent in advance.
2: Nice. Okay, so the structure was basically, so did was she actually buying the house or was she... Uh, taking over your, your lease or, or how, what would the, yeah, what that look so like?
0: That was kind of a tricky point. And this is where I brought my mentor back in the deal. Cause again, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, Hey, I found these two people. Let's put them together. How do we do the paperwork kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And uh, the landlord at that time, he just wanted to be cashed out. He's like, look, I want all my cash out of this property. And he was upside down on it. So there really was no cash for him. Right. And so I said, "Well, look, you know, I understand you want that to happen. Let me just take over payments until we get this to a point where we're at, you know, kind of a break even, and then we'll just refinance it out of your name and maybe give you a few thousand dollars at that point." He's like, "That sounds good. Let's do that." And so with her, um, we were doing a lease uh, lease option at that time. Um,
2: and, and so that means that she, the, the so that fifteen thousand was basically her her option to right. purchase at a later date. Correct. And so then and then she gave you five months of payments and she kept paying. How long was it before you were actually out of the, the deal altogether?
0: Uh, about a year.
2: Okay. And so she basically just exercised that option.
0: No, she didn't actually. She had a boyfriend that took her um, for a spin. She lost... A uh, few, a uh, few extra thousand that she had on top of that. I think she had another like 15, 16,000 that he, he took from her. Oh so she gosh. couldn't make payments. And so I, I, I floated her for a few months, just like, Hey, I'll help you out here. You know, kind of thing. Um, at that point I knew I was going to go back to California. So this is kind of like my first deal. And it's also kind of like the hardest deal I ever did in my life. It costs so much <laughs> stress. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to go back to California because my father-in-law was, uh, he was diagnosed with cancer. And um, so with this particular person, she's like, look, I, I'm not, I, I can't stay here. I can't afford it. It's, it's not going to work for me. So we ended up, um, I ended up giving her the deposit down on a new place and doing, uh, hiring, uh, a moving someone to help her move and also, uh, paying for her rental car. So I ended up giving her probably about $2,500 back.
2: Okay. And so, so, and then what happened to the house?
0: Uh, the house went back to the landlord. So the landlord, he came back to me and he's like, Hey, I'm, um, I'm having a hard time here. With my with my bankruptcy, I can't afford to pay the trustee anymore. Since I gave you this property and you're working this property, why don't you start paying the trustee for me? And I'm like, dude, no,
2: <laughs> I'm not going
0: to do that. And at that point, I was cash loaning the property about 150 dollars a month because I was paying his mortgage and then cash loaned it as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, hey, look, you know what? Um, I'm cash loaning this thing right now, and why don't I just give it back to you? That maybe the 150 bucks will help you. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hand him the contract, just thinking like everything's totally cool. I, you know, I, I carried this property for a year. I saved it because he ended up losing another one. Um, in mm-hmm. the meantime, but I. So I thought we all be, we'd all be good. He looks at the contract. He's like fifteen thousand dollar option fee. Where's my? I want. I want that fifteen thousand. So he kind of went ballistic. Oh. And this is kind of why that that lady uh, was moving out too, because he demanded that he he now pay her fifteen thousand on top of the fifteen thousand she put for the option. Mm. And wow. and so yeah, it kind of got um, kind of got messy. But anyway, it, we when it was all said and done, she moved out. She was happy. Um, the landlord he wasn't too happy, but he got his property back and was able to do this. I taught him how to do it, so he could just turn around and do the same thing.
1: Nice. <laughs> so, what would you say, Ryan? Uh, are your two okay? Three top reasons why we would do a creative deal in the first place.
0: So, the number one reason was at this point I needed to make money fast. I had a family. Um, we, we were we were struggling to make ends meet and we had, you know, monthly obligations and creative financing. You're able to get in, once you get a deal under contract, I mean, I'm, I'm able to turn these properties now within 24, 48 hours with wow. large down payments. That's great. So that's the first reason why I would do creative financing It's, it's easy money. It's fast money. Um, it, my credit was shot after losing my job. Uh, we ended up, and ended up paying a bunch of bills just because that $20,000, I didn't know how I was, I was scared. I was still in that mentality of, of like, Oh my gosh, is this going to? Is this a one-time thing? Is this beginner's luck? Right. And so we ended up uh, making a strategic uh, decision to to bank the money and, and just live off the necessities and let our credit cards and things like that go. So I had bad credit. So another reason is you don't need you don't need credit, man, to buy these properties. And we now own uh, a pretty nice portfolio that we've all picked up without any any credit or or banks loans or anything like that.
2: Yeah. And what about on the seller side? You know, why would they? do a, a, a creative deal
0: that's you know that's i get a lot of a lot of people they'll contact me they're like hey you know how do i how do i find a seller financed deal out there and and i constantly tell them i'm like man these aren't found you have to create them you need <laughs> to find out what the problem is in their life and then try to solve it you know creatively and strategically through real estate so i've had i've had properties that we've picked up where the owner has been uh, transferred for a job and he's he's been paying on a property that's upside down and he just wants to get out of it because it's, it's eaten out you know 1200, $1,400 a month of his monthly payment. And just, it's stressful for him. This particular seller, rather than letting it go to, go back to the bank, he was, um, he was military. So he got, he got PCS. He got transferred out of the area and, uh, he had to keep, maintain a security clearance in order to, uh, to keep his job. And so he couldn't let it go. Oh, Perfect. So yeah. He was, I mean, it was, it was a tough, tough road for this dude. He, he was carrying it for about two and a half years before I finally contacted him.
1: Wow. So for people like him, um, a creative deal is basically the only way they can sell without losing money or losing their credit.
0: Right. Well, he ended up losing money. I mean, okay, yeah, he was upside down about 50 grand and while uh, it was vacant, um, someone had stolen, uh, at one time they came in and they, this one, it was like, you know, copper stripping was hot. They they stripped all the copper out of the house. Mm-hmm. Oh my and they gosh. They took off with his AC unit. So he had to come in and reach, he he said he paid about $22,000 to do that. Um, wow. But part of the way that we structured this deal was, it was, and I don't do this anymore as far as my promises, but my promises to him were, hey, you'll never have to worry about this ever going, um, you know, missing, missing a payment. I'll always pay it no matter what. And in order for that guarantee, he ended up paying um, about, he paid $8,600 to me to take over his property.
2: Terrific. Wow. And so so you mentioned you've done a lot of these other deals. Can you give us some examples of some other types of creative deals you've done?
0: Yeah, from the buying side or from the seller side. Either one. Sure um so <laughs> so here's one so there's i we had we had recently moved when we were, when we moved to georgia we wanted to be in a place and so my mentor he kind of put me up he's like hey i got a house that just came available and um so we we moved into it and it was it was a stretch it was it was it was about eleven hundred dollars a month in in rent for us to rent this property and the, the neighbor goes, um, we made friends with the neighbor and he, he mentioned that there was a guy down the street that was just going to give his keys back to the bank. Cause he, I told him I, that's what I did I did real estate. He's like, Oh yeah, the guy down the street's going to, um, just give the keys back. So I went down there and it's like, this is before I knew that you can just go knock on someone's door and say, Hey, I know you're, you're having trouble with the house. Let's talk about it. And before that I was like kind of timid. I'm like, Oh, I don't want them to, to know that I know kind of thing. Yeah. And so he had a lawnmower, riding lawnmower in Georgia. Everyone has big old yards out there, and so it's Mm -hmm. it's like hot, and so you just don't want to be pushing a lawnmower. So he had a riding lawnmower; it was a brand new one, and he was selling it. And there's about they're about twelve hundred dollars the one that he had. He was selling for six hundred bucks. And so I just went over there casually and I just asked him a question. I'm like, "Hey, you know, you selling a lawnmower?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "So I," I, and I knew that he was losing the house. And so I said, "Oh, that's cool. You know, are you getting a new one?" He's like, "No." I'm like, "What's a big yard? It's a real big yard. How you gonna mow it?" He's like, "Well, you know, truth is, is um." this is my last month here. I was like, Oh, okay. You sold the house. Good for you. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it back. And so I said, well, I'll tell you what, if I buy your lawnmower from you, will you give me your house? <laughs> and he was like, well, shoot, if you're going to buy my lawnmower, come on inside. Let me show you what else I got. And we ended up buying, <laughs> I think about $2,000 worth of uh, goods from the gentleman, which basically was his entire furniture in the house and all of his tools in the garage. Cause he was moving into an RV. Okay. Wow. And so that was, you know, one of the situations where, you know, we had to go buy a lawnmower and, and we ended up buying, you know, he ended up giving us the house.
2: And so what was that structured as like a subject to? Or? It was
0: definitely, yeah, it was a subject to, uh, and we, he just basically went to the attorney uh, as a closing attorney there in Georgia and he signed everything over to us. And then I've turned around and we lived in that house for uh, about a year. And the monthly payment on there was only, I think it was, uh, I, I don't think, I know what it is. It's its 8 dollars a month. And we've rented that one out for uh, th- almost three years now for twelve fifty a month.
1: Great, that's true. Well, can we go and you know, dive a little bit more into that into that paperwork of that deal? So you walk over to this house, um, you know, he's kind of going through foreclosure. You offer to buy his lawnmower if he gives you the house. Now, walk us through the process of getting that paperwork signed, uh, taking over the payments. Was there also any? Payments in arrears that you had to take care of.
0: It's a great question. There in this particular house, there wasn't. He hadn't gone negative yet, and the situation was is that his mother um, was living with him and she they were using her income to supplement their income to pay make the monthly payment. Again, it was only eight fifty a month in a neighborhood that you know rents for about eleven hundred to twelve hundred dollars. So, um, so they weren't negative. He just realized that he had run out of money, and it was, he just was going to just do the the honorable thing and just mail the keys back to the bank. those Mm -hmm. are his words. And um, so we just, I just said, Hey, you know what? I'm interested in purchasing this house. Let me go ahead and do it. And at that time I didn't, my contracts weren't as as tight as they are now. So I just Mm -hmm. did was I just an option to purchase. I said, Hey, here's an option. I want to purchase your house. And um, he's like, okay, that's fine. You can exercise your option whenever you want. I'd like you to do it sooner rather than later. And I didn't have an attorney. I didn't have a closing attorney in that state yet. And so I had to go around trying to find someone that would do a subject to, cause I guess it's, uh, it, there's no guess about it. They're, they're pretty uncommon and finding a closing attorney or even a title rep here in California that really understands subject to purchases. It's, it's a challenge and you have to ed- do hmm. a lot of education as well.
2: And so what, what was the actual paperwork that had to be filed? Is it a, is it a quit claim deed or?
0: No. So we actually, it's a grant deed. Okay. So I got a grant on this property, the seller signed an affidavit And yes, you know, I, I realized that this, this is going to stay in my name as far as the loan goes. And, um, and then I got a HUD one closing statement and you, there's a line item on the HUD one. That's, that's line 203 that says all liens taken subject to. And so this particular lien was taken subject to, and we closed on it that way. And then I, you know, some of the paperwork also included is we transferred, um, once I am on title, so the loan stays in his name, title is in my name. Once title's in my name, I, I, I then go ahead and take out a new insurance policy on the property.
2: Interesting, it's it's amazing what you can do. Yeah, uh, it is, and how you find them too. I mean, a guy selling a lawnmower ends <laughs> up selling your house.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but it, that wasn't the reason why I found the guy. So I I, I thought for a while that I was going to go look at yard sales and try to see if I can find people that are you know hawking all their stuff to make mortgage payments and yeah. It didn't, that didn't pan out. Uh, this one, you know, it came by knowing a neighbor who knew the situation. And that's honestly where I go around now is I talk to a lot of neighbors. If I see a house that's in default or a house that's just run down, before I go and talk to that, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to find out who the owner is, of course. And then I'm going to see if the house is, you know, if it's, is it lived in, is it vacant, what's going on. But I talk to the neighbors. And usually the neighbors, believe it or not, they give me the information of who the owner is. I found a lot of houses. In fact, we just closed on one here um, less, than a, uh, less than a month ago. And I just found it by talking to the neighbors like, Oh, yeah, that's Billy's house. Uh, he, he, he's no longer there. He's living with his mom. And here's his phone number, call him up. And I called up Bill. And sure enough, he's like, Yeah, you want the house? And we picked it up on a short sale.
2: That's incredible. So you'll just see a, a rundown house go knock on the neighbor's door and just say, What do you know about this house?
0: Yeah, that or pre foreclosures, especially because if it's it's a vacant pre foreclosure, that tells me this person's already given up, they've already walked away, they've washed their hands of it. So I'm like, Oh, opportunity, because if they're going to give up, I mean, why don't the banks win? Let me have that have a shot at the house.
2: And so do you so you mentioned pre foreclosure? Where do you get that information? Do you just go look that up online?
0: Um Zillow's a great resource, believe it or not.
2: So you see a house in pre foreclosure on? Zillow.
0: On Zillow. So what I'll do, so I was just down in, um, so I live in Northern California now, I'm in Sacramento area. And I was just down in Fresno, which is about three, three and a half hour drive down visiting my folks. And so I just pulled up Zillow and it has the map. And so I, I filtered so all it shows is pre-foreclosures. And so I just pull up the map and I had a few hours to kill. So I had my dad get in the car and say, hey, let's go drive for dollars. And so we went and we looked about, um, I think about 40 houses. And out of those 40, we found three that were vacant. And the neighbor's like, oh yeah, one of them, this person's deceased and his kids don't mm-hmm. want it. And two of them, uh, the two other ones. Um, one guy lives out of town, out of the area. No one knows anything about it. And the other house, they, they, the neighbor said um, the dude he's losing the property, and he, he's like, "You don't want that property." He's probably ripped every single appliance and, and put holes in the wall. He's like, he's like, all the neighbors have called the cops several times because he's in, in there with loud music, cussing and screaming, drinking beer, and just like pounding the walls at night, like at 12 in the morning. But you find out a lot of information.
2: And Except- so. And so do you only approach the ones that are vacant?
0: Those are kind of like uh, low hanging fruit, but no, that's not all, all I do. I'll, I'll go after just about anything and probates as well.
2: <laughs> that's, that's fascinating. So what about on the sell side? What are, what are some creative ways that you've um, you sold houses?
0: Okay. So I, I had a house that I found just driving for dollars. It was a, um, just a rundown house Trees were kind of falling. Actually, trees were falling down in the yard, and so I snapped a picture and I sent the picture to the owner because I found out he lived out of town. So I said, "Hey, is this your house? I'm interested in buying it." And he called me up, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I would." And we negotiated back and forth, and he was, he was, uh, <laughs> he was a mm-hmm. bit unrealistic on his price. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, "Look, I want 135,000, and it's worth maybe like 185 all fixed up."
2: Uh huh.
0: And so I, I basically I got him down to 125, and I said look, let me buy this on a, on a note for 125. And, um, and, and he's like, well, I want a balloon payment in five years. I'm like, that's fine. We can, we can, we can work that out. So I, so I bought the house. Um, I paid him $2,000 down and 750 bucks a month, but I needed to sell it to someone that could, could cash me out in five years. And so I, I advertised the property and I found someone who has a trust, but they can't access the trust for four and a half years. So I thought,
2: oh, that's, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So she gave me seven thousand dollars down, and I sold it for nine hundred dollars a month. So you know, I, I got I got five thousand um, dollars in my pocket, and, and and every month I got you know a buck fifty coming to Hip Pocket National Bank. But the way I sold it was, I thought it's, for me it's probably the most creative deal that I've done year to date. Uh, um, so I sold it for one thirty-five, which is just a ten thousand dollars difference. But I amortized it over forty years. Mm. So when, the one I bought on a note for 30, I've now amortized over 40 years. So when, it all, when it's all said and done in 40 years, um, I'm, there's going to be a spread of about $10,000 between what I owe the original seller and what she owes me when, she's, when she has eligibility to, uh, to cash it out from her trust. And I sold That's that one on a contract for deed.
2: Wow. That's um, so when you say that it's the, a the, 40 the year spread, so it's not actually going to sell in 40 years. It's going to be sooner because
0: she's right gonna... No. So what happens is it's amortized over 40 years. So my my payment, so her payment is she's actually paying a lot more in interest. It's from in interest. And so her principal goes down really, 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 really low. I mean, she's only uh, maybe a couple hundred bucks a month in principal payment reduction where I'm, I'm on this 30 year note. I'm probably going down maybe five, six hundred dollars a month.
2: Oh, okay. No, that's not so, true
0: because I'm at $750 a month in payment. Maybe I'm going down like 250 a month.
2: Okay. And so I get it. So most of what you're getting is interest versus principal so that when she does pay it, you're going to get mostly principal back.
0: Exactly right. Yeah. So I'll have an additional profit about $10,000.
1: Perfect. So you bought it at what price again? Uh,
0: 125
1: And you sold it at what price? Uh,
0: 135
1: Perfect. But 76. because of the amortization, go ahead.
0: Well, let me see if I can share my screen because I actually have it up here. Um, oh, okay. Um, I'll just send you this guys the slides.
2: Okay. We'll make yeah. sure to post those uh, on the website
0: yeah, uh, I mean, that so that people
2: recently, can get
0: them. Yeah, I was recently um, speaking at a meetup, and, and they wanted to know this as well. They wanted to see some examples. And so I put them together. Like, And I, I have – this completely broken down as far as what the balance is gonna be in five years and everything. I mean total when it's all said and done between the down payment and the monthly cash flow and the equity when she cashes me out, I'll make about twenty five thousand dollars on this deal. Not bad. Yeah yeah for I mean it, it costs me nothing. I mean <laughs> I mean I took I took I took her seven thousand dollar down payment to pay the two thousand dollars down to this dude and then every month she's paying me the seven fifty or the nine hundred and I just pay this guy seven fifty.
2: So I'm just curious, where did you find the buyer? Did you just post this ad on Craigslist?
0: Yeah. Uh, The time was, it was Craigslist. I find, I I found that Craigslist is um, for my rural, rural properties. Craigslist is still good, Mm -hmm. but I am, I am, man, I am finding buyers and I keep track of all my buyers. If they don't buy one of my properties that I have now, I keep track of their qualifications and what they're looking for. And, but it's Facebook, Facebook Marketplace is where I'll put these things and then their friends will tag them and they'll just share these all over. And that's why I'm able to get these things sold pretty quick because of Facebook marketplace.
2: Wow. Interesting. That's the first time I've heard someone really mention Facebook Marketplace as a uh, uh, as a good way to to feature these properties.
0: Yeah. You ha- i tell you what, you have to have thick skin because um, you, can, you get a lot of guys and it's just, I mean, I get it. They're broke, they're poor and they they can't afford it themselves. And so they're going to heckle you. They're going to tell you your property's a piece of crap that <laughs> I mean, you, you hear all kinds of stuff. And um, you just got to ignore that stuff. At first I was going to battle with these keyboard warriors and I'm like, Oh yeah, you just, you know, and
2: yeah, it's yeah.
0: going back and forth. And I realized I'm like, crap, every time I do that, I'm just showing everyone that how, how unvaluable this property really is. If I have to defend it that way.
2: Yeah. Don't engage is kind of a good rule of thumb in general <laughs> when right. it comes to online trolls. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's what they want. They want to fight.
0: Well, after that, because, um, you know, I, I would, it's I, I, kind of for me with my, my sense of gratification would be like, oh, dude, don't worry, it's sold. And and I'd go and I'd mark it sold. And literally it was, it was sold. I'd sell these things, from, like I said, 24 hours, 48 hours. The most of it had mm-hmm. gone maybe a couple of days. if It was kind of a difficult property because I don't, I don't do any kind of clean out or repair. I sell them as is.
1: Hmm. So for any of the audience that's listening that might be in the areas of your properties that you're selling and would like to buy on creative financing, uh, how do they find you and where are you selling these properties?
0: So I have properties. I still own property in South Carolina and Georgia and occasionally I pick up a new one there. Um, Mostly I'm in California. I'm in Northern and Central California and we're branching out right now to Idaho. But honestly, I mean, if you just I can just teach you how to do it, and you can go and buy your own property that way. It's the easy easiest way. But the way to get a hold of me is you can just go to Bootstrap REI. Uh, it's uh, Bootstrap Real Estate Investor, basically what it stands for. So it's bootstraprei.com, and that'll just take you right to our Facebook group, and you can just join in there, and then we can go ahead and be saying that way.
2: That's great. Yeah, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because this is really interesting. I didn't know you could use Facebook that way. It's been uh, really good having you on the podcast, by the way. Oh, That's thank it. you. I appreciate it. I'm, lear- I'm learning a
1: lot and I, I try to fancy myself as a creative investor, but you've got a lot to offer. So I really
2: appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on, Ryan.
0: That's yeah, my pleasure. I'll go ahead and send you on over the, um, these examples and you guys can post them and use them how you feel.
2: It's we will a- post them in the show notes for anyone to find.